Welcome to the Televerse, streaming in place. Gravity Falls. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Streaming in Place. Uh, this is Kate Kalzik, joined by uh, <laughs> Don't Treat Me Like a Child, Zyler, and the author of Grandpa the Kid, a Comprehensive Oral History. Uh, that's, of course, Noel Kirkpatrick and Nelson Shoemaker. We are back here talking about Gravity Falls Season 1, Episodes 19 and 20. We had some live stuff come up last Wednesday, and rather than do a uh, podcast with only some of the group were like, no, it's the finale. We need to have everybody all together. So we are here talking about the season one finale of the show. Uh, Dreamscaperers, episode 19, and then part two, episode 20, uh, Gideon Rises. So there's many things we need to talk about with these two episodes. I'm very excited that we get to talk about them. The first thing that we have to talk about is Deer Teeth. <laughs> and the second thing we have to talk <laughs> about Deer is... Teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, as I need to know, I, I know how Noel feels about this. Noel feels about this. I need to know how Allison feels about this. Um, what did you think of Bill? This is our introducing to introduction to Bill Cipher. Buy gold. The universe is a hologram. Uh, I love, um, I love that we're, we're fully in, um, in Twin Peaks territory here now. Like I'm, I'm super into it. Yeah, I'm very, I have, I have thoughts that I want to talk about in context, uh, because n I think that these episodes did a really good job of making me wonder whether or not I'm overthinking things, um, which is good. So if I've gotten to the overthinking stage, that means I'm well and truly in invested. Well, I am very curious. Uh, what do you, what are you wondering about if, what, whether you are overthinking? Well, so I think that some of it just comes down to the number of voices that Alex Hirsch is doing. Um, but I, it made me start to wonder, like, is it, is it just that there are only so many things the human voice can do? And so some of Alex Hirsch's characters sound kind of the same, or am I supposed to notice that say the gnomes sound a lot like Bill Cypher? No, no, no. Okay. no. So we're not at that level, but still, I'm very into it. These are good instincts. I was, yeah, right. Good. These are good instincts, but just in this case, it's just, no, Alex Hirsch just does a bunch of the voices. Right. Um, I'm very into Bill Cipher. It felt like, this is the episode where, as I was watching it, I was like, this is why Kate and Noel wanted to do this one. <laughs> I've been enjoying it, but this is why. Okay. Got it. Yep. This is the show. Um, <laughs> yeah. I like the show that we were watching before, but when... God, I don't even know at what point. I mean, I guess when he first showed up, um, but maybe when they actually finally went into Stan's brain, one of those things, I was like, oh, okay, this is the, sh this is the show proper now. All right, here we go, um, which is very exciting. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of <laughs> um, RIP of when Timeless, bless its heart, got to the point of the show in its season two finale um, and then it got canceled. So, um, so I'm glad to know that we get a season two after this and not that we've arrived at the part where things are going to get really interesting and then it just goes away forever. Like, I don't know, say the end of Lodge 49. Although that's a, that's a discredit to Lodge 49. It was already really interesting. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it is very much like, yes, this is the show. Like the other stuff is also the show, but the parts of the show, like when I said, you know, like I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm waiting for it to kind of kick in. And it's like, it's, and we talked about this ad nauseum, but the way that 
you know, anybody who watched this when it was airing watched it, certain stuff slip, like kind of fades in your memory and certain stuff sticks. And this is the kind of stuff that sticks. And so it's very easy to forget the proportions and that actually it's like there's a smattering of this. And if you had too much of this, I don't know that the show works. Um, but that's just the part that lingers, at least for me. And so when I think of Gravity Falls, I think of stuff like what we get in Dreamscaperers. How, how about uh, for you, Noel? Is that similar? Like, do you have the same reaction to it? Yeah, I do. And I do think that both, both, both veins are the show. Like the weird stuff of Gravity Falls that are kind of like one-offs or appear to be one-offs. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it is. Um, is still the show. Like, we're going to keep doing that in season two. So that structure doesn't go away. Um, but the show is also big, scary, interdimensional being and looming threats that we get in Dreamscapers. And just the impending sense of something's about to happen that we get at the end of Gideon Rises as well with um, Stan. So I think that there is a... Both things are true, and the show does a really good job, I think, of balancing at its core this idea of doing like a um, whatchamacallit, a, um, a standalone and serialized storytelling kind of approach, and does it with a surprising amount of fitness, um, given the fact that there's only 40 episodes. And I think it's really impressive. So I, going back and watching these two. I agree with Kate that this is the step that sticks with you, but then having gone back and watched season one again, and in some cases watched some of season one for the first time, you get that really good experience of watching them put together the pieces to build to this. And then they can just kind of, they can just go full speed ahead with everything now, even the standalone type of stuff, the storytelling that they tell in season two has a higher degree of urgency to it than it does in season one, which I really, really appreciate. I'm really excited to get to. I've already watched like four episodes of season two already. <laughs> um, and the one other thing I'll note is that driving home this Twin Peaks vibe that Allison noted is the closing credits for Dreamscapers is full-on Twin Peaks cover of the Gravity Falls theme song with just a creek um, running through it. And it's just so pretty. It's really, really pretty. Mm-hmm. Let's dive in a, a bit more specifically with Dreamscaperers than, uh, like, Bill is quite, in, in, like, just out of, okay, I guess we're doing this now. And it immediately goes for that vibe. Uh, but the I like how it blends such a different energy with another one of these very, like, straightforward, it's, it's the Gravity Falls this episode. It's the Gravity Falls go into someone's memory episode, right? The way that we've had... Um, some some of these other you know like the 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 conjuring right at the at the the quickie mart right and we've had some of these different kind of types of episodes um so w- how did that work for you guys and what did you think of this visualization of stan's mind i loved it it made me want to go back both times i watched it actually and i just rewatched it i should have left more time after because both times it made me want to go back and rewatch from the beginning to figure out um, at what, for example, at what point we lost the real Seuss to notice the, it made me want to go back and watch the bottomless pit episode to see if that, like all of those little details. Um, and if they're making you think in terms of Twin Peaks and Lost and Ram- Rambaldi and stuff like that, then <laughs> they're doing something right. Um, and I loved the way that it was approached visually, the animation in this episode, 
overall, I was really impressed by it just all of a sudden was a completely different palette, different texture, um, different energy. And I think that, that all of the little shifts we've seen before that helped to make this seem even bigger, right? Like it really felt seismic. It felt like, oh, okay, well, this is an actual big bad. So you were just fighting Koopas before, right? Like this is a real thing. Uh, and even the end sort of underlines that, right? You get the sense that yes, he's surprised by how formidable they end up being, but it also seems like, he's like, no, okay, this could be interesting. I'll, I'm just gonna go, cause this could actually be interesting, but watch out. And then off he goes. <laughs> um, so I, I think all of that is really appealing and, makes the next episode even more substantial because the threat is of such a fundamentally different nature, even though it's still huge. Mm -hmm. There's some d decent Q energy, but obviously like very, a uh, lot, lot more, more uh, playful. Yeah, it's, it's much more, yeah, like Q is much more playful. Uh, mm -hmm. This is much more, yes, I think malignant is the perfect word. Uh, Noel, how was it for you? Right, I, I love Bill. Um, we, we, we stand Bill hard. Here yeah, no, no. I mean, he wants us to buy gold. There's nothing wrong with buying gold, everyone. Buying gold <laughs> is a good idea. Um, but yeah, I think that the thing I like most about it is that thing that you pointed to, Allison, which is, and Kate, is that they don't really win this. They just get away because Bill goes, oh, I've been bored for a while. This seems interesting and just like skedaddles. And that's much more interesting, I think, than a underdog victory kind of deal because it feels like a victory because they got out of the mine. They kept, they prevented Gideon from getting the lock code. Um, but, you know, dynamite is always a very solid plan B. Um, should, should be plan A in a lot of cases, but <laughs> it's a solid plan B. Um, that it just builds this kind of fear of that as Bill is a being that should be concerned with. Plus his whole thing about a prophecy, the blue hand that appears above him that very much looks like the hand on the journals, all this sort of stuff that is they're building out really quickly here, um, but really efficiently to the point where you're just like, yes, no, give me the next episode. And then you're like, oh, Bill's not in this episode. But then Gideon's in a mecca of himself. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm okay with that too because that yes, give it yeah. to me. This is an excellent way. Of, yes, exactly. So I really like Bill and to both of your points, like the inside of Stan's mind, I think texturally, text, textually feel texturally feels really different. And part of that's just the graininess of the black and white that they do. Um, but just texture, like the stone head of Stan that they rise out on just feels distinct from everything else that they've done. Um, so I think that there's just a lot of good chaos energy. And I I do like Marcus's point that he feels like Bill has real Heath Ledger Joker vibes of pure chaos, but having fun with it. And I'd even like go so far as the it's actually pure chaos as opposed to the Joker's weird planned pure chaos of, I spent all this time rigging these bombs to these two boats to give you this choice. Um, whereas... Bill doesn't seem to... Bill seems a little more impromptu. Whereas Bill just... Here's... Have some deer teeth. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Ex deer yeah. teeth. Exactly. Um, yeah. Oh, man. Kate, question for you. Yes. Regarding the deer teeth. Deer teeth worse than deer fingers on Adventure Time? Or... Deer fingers worse. 
Yeah, okay, agreed. Hard agree. Yeah. But, oh. uh, yeah, no, but the deer teeth, and, and like, the, when, when the deer's like, we're gonna go backwards into the trees again, it's like, yeah, run, <laughs> run, deer, <laughs> get out of here. Oh, man. Yeah, the, 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 so, like, the actual, like, plot of this, emotionally, right, is the stuff with Dipper, which, for me, is a bit heavy-handed, um, though it does also ring true, like, it's always, as someone who works with kids, uh, all the time it it's something i try to be aware of that the smallest thing that you can say you aren't even thinking about um but it's very easy for a kid or i mean a person but especially from my experience with kids to hear hear it and hear not necessarily what you thought you were communicating or intended to communicate but something else that will stick with them for a long time um so i think that part of it is completely valid and true and <laughs> And very resonant. I don't know that Stan is the best caretaker, <laughs> the most emotionally intelligent person. So it totally tracks that uh, Dipper, you know, is is having a hard time and Stan is being a terrible, you know, uh, emotional caretaker of him. But it did very much feel like, okay, we're we're going through this now so that by the end of the episode we can have our, like, catharsis and then it'll be fine. Like, I was never worried about what Stan thinks about Dipper or any of that. And I, I would have liked to have had a little more uncertainty. But other than that, I think I did actually enjoy some of the tangents. I liked the memories. I liked the super <laughs> secret. Don't look here. Oh, it's probably this one. Nope. No, it's not. <laughs> so there was, I think, that just the overall structure of his mind was fun and worked. And um, I liked that they didn't. I, I also liked the teasing of the oh vending machine. Well, that's not what we're looking for. Close the ring. <laughs> Did you guys have any other fa- favorite uh, memories or moments in this? Things that that worked for you or maybe didn't. Uh, the hole in his middle was so upsetting. Um, just like really upsetting. So was Mabel diving into Bill and then getting spat right back out. Um, and not realizing it uh the fighting was really fun kittens for fists what have you done with my cuteness like all of that a plus um i agree that the the ostensible storyline was for me the part that worked the the least well but it was so successful as a piece of very fast world building um that i didn't really care like i was very much content to sort of get shoved into this new corner of this world that i thought that i understood and kind of revel in it and enjoy it without worrying too much about the fact that poor dipper (laughs) thinks that stan doesn't love him um which obviously is a traumatic thing for a kid but it was not it was not the subtlest thing it made me think about um the long hallways in the good place and how when they were all going through their test, you really didn't know if they were going to, if they were going to successfully make it through them. Right. And, um, and this never felt like that. I was never worried that we were going to um, end this episode with Dipper still convinced um, that Stan thought that he was a wimpy, weak loser and didn't want him around. Um. There was never any doubt about that. That would have been nice, but you know, we can't have everything. And if we get all deer teeth, then I'm, then I'm pretty satisfied. Noel, any final thoughts on this one? Just the, the, the poplar trees had eyes, Kate. They had <laughs> eyes. And I never noticed it until I watched it this morning and went, Oh, those, those trees all have eyes. Oh no, that's, that's not okay. That's upsetting. 
Yeah. That's upsetting. It's not like deer teeth upsetting, but it's upsetting. <laughs> uh, I've been the deer teeth. I've just been sitting. I've just been sitting on those for what feels like so long. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> just, uh, deer teeth. Oh, God. Here, have oh. some deer teeth. Uh, I will say I was at Comic-Con one year and uh, there somebody had a bill costume that they made. It was like inflatable. It was like an inflatable. Uh, no, they did not give out deities, but like we were in, I think we were, we were in line for like signatures or something at like one of those things we had to pick tickets and Mm -hmm. just found ourselves in in line next to a a person wearing like a person sized inflatable, like immaculate bill costume. And I was just like, this is awesome. (laughs) Well, I I hope that you get to see that at Thanksgiving Comic-Con, you and your sister. (laughs) Enjoy that. Right (laughs) off. so hard uh it's a conversation for another time maybe we'll talk about that on the regular episode this week but yeah no that's really dumb um what's not dumb is the the finale of the season which is our gideon rises and our mecca gideon i love so much that gideon's first thought because he's terrible at this stuff his first thought is i know let's summon an interdimensional demon and his second thought is let's blow it up it's like Blow it up. Like, start, try that before, like, it just shows everything you need to know about him. Um, so he does get the deed. He does, uh, you know, which it's like, look, it's the deed. It's like, and it says owned by Stan. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. say property. Is, is of this how deeds work? I don't deed. know anything about real estate. It's not how But is that work. how deeds work? You have to if sign you... it over. <laughs> can I just steal, the, can I steal the deed to the house I'm renting and, and it then now it's my yours. house? It's now mine. <laughs> if I just find it in my landlord's that sounds somewhere. like the most amazing way to get evicted. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, ooh, you'd be internet famous. See, I have the deeds. Like, yeah, because he blew a hole in our in my house. This see this hole that's there. He exploded it. Like, yeah, but, but it's technically his house that he exploded it. Now, so it's so fine. it doesn't matter. It's fine. Yeah. His insurance is going to cover that. I like that there is a specific reason that he's been. Looking like like I like that they get into a little bit like some reasoning for why he's been going after Stan and why he wants the shack and all of that. Uh, there's some good world building here, but for me, this is just all about the build to the fight with the with the Mecha Gideon, and more specifically, it's all about a build to grappling hook. Grappling hook. Ah, oh, the grappling hook. I knew. I just knew in my heart that that was coming, and it didn't make it any less satisfying when it happened. That and I really appreciate all of the details in the fight. Like the thing that I keep coming back to is how committed they were to making it obvious that once Mabel was in Big Gideon's fist, when he was fighting, she was responsible for holding on, right? She Mm -hmm. wasn't getting crushed, thank God. Um, But when he was doing all this stuff, they didn't just sort of have her stuck in the fist. Like those little details, I think, work incredibly well. and I think the previous episode did a good enough job of making the danger feel more heightened that this ludicrous threat could also feel like a very real threat. Uh, so the so it was genuinely suspenseful. I was worried for my buddies, um, and and that that's impressive. That I really thought it was great. I was thinking about the opening fight sequence and the Falcon and the Winter Soldier when I was watching that fight, which is. It's cool. Not uh, lots of shows that aren't animated don't put a third that much thought into what battle sequences are going to look like. So, way to go, show. Yeah, especially for a show that doesn't do them. Yeah. 
Like doing that kind of choreography is, and it, it helps that you're dealing with two children. So the choreography doesn't have to be, I know Kung Fu type of choreography. It can just be two small preteens wailing on one another. And you don't have to do a whole lot, but you still have to then render the one-sidedness of the mecha punching itself in the face because of the mocap suit, which is just so good. Um, Anyone with siblings, why are you punching yourself? Why are you punching yourself? Stop punching yourself. Stop punching yourself in your face and your fake face. (laughs) Um, It's really, really good. And my my actually apart from just the general like sense of scale that they give the Gideon Mecca is I really like that old the old man built it, <laughs> which is just an excellent continuation of his building horrible machines of de- death and destruction. And so having him come back and complete this and be the one that made it I think is really really funny. So I really really like that as like a three line going forward for the season in particular. Mm-hmm. Um well, now you've you've changed your chat name here, your your Zoom name here, Allison. I think that leads to a good question. Any thoughts on the butternut squash with the human face and emotions, and our other like reveals we get this episode uh, around things in the book, and you know, finally at long last, uh, Mabel and uh, Dipper open up to Stan about everything. Yeah, I uh, was super into all of that. Like, I don't know how much more, how much I can say about it beyond that, because I think a lot of it is very obviously intended to make me more curious about what the other things are. I don't, for example, feel like I'm going to need to see the barf fairy. I feel like I've got like the name does it. What If that's what it yeah. says on the tin, I don't need the story. I can use the old noggin for that one. Um, but some of the other little glimpses that we get into uh, Dipper's copy of the journal, into Gideon's copy of the journal, um, into Stan's vending machine lair, um, and the terrifying implications of that, I'm, I very much enjoyed uh, dipping my toes in that world. I'm, it was really hard to not start the next season. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I went ahead and started the next season, and I went, oh, these are the episodes I'd really seen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, well, this is where I start recognizing the episode titles, going, "Oh, that one. Oh, that one." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah no, it was, it was. I really enjoyed it as well because I enjoy a solid Stargate reference, which is all I feel like Stan's little bunker beneath the Mystery Shack is. Is he just needed three books to do it instead of like a weird Rosetta Stone of what these hieroglyphics mean, plus the order and the star alignments. He just needed those three books. Um with the hieroglyphics and the star alignment and everything. But I, yeah, I, it's really delightful. I'm really excited for Allison and other listeners who have not watched Gravity Falls to find out what is happening with all of this and that they've also been planting the seeds for it since like episode seven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yep. That will be fun. Um, yeah, I liked the lo-fi uh, resolution to uh, Lil Gideon's, uh, you know, yes, like knowledge and powers or whatever. Uh, I, I liked how quickly that came came apart. I liked that the town was re- stupidly Team Gideon at first uh, for very no no good reason. Um, but I mean, is it for no good reason? Because I'm pretty sure that I wouldn't trust anything that Grunkle Stan said to me. Oh, yeah. So, no, I wouldn't trust anything Grunkle Stan said, but I also wouldn't trust Gideon. He's a child. 
well, but he's a child. We know that he's a nefarious child, but like that little angel faced muffin who knows about the secret ingredient to the coffee omelet versus this guy who scammed me out of 15 bucks yeah, and or like my car. You know what I mean? He's he's cute. He's cute. As Marcus says, so he can't be malicious indeed because he's got he has a tiny bow tie. Yeah, but Stan hates Pioneer Day. He hates Frontier Day, which, I mean, that's going <laughs> to so count the, against him. And so the people hate him. That's true. Yeah. That's fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, do we have any final thoughts on the season as a whole? And uh, Marcus, if you care to join, I look forward to your thoughts on the season as well, if you care to share them. But I'll, I'll first of all, I'll throw it back to Noel. How, how was it revisiting season one? It was really good. And it was really good to experience and re-experience this season. And get excited for season two and seeing that kind of build up that they were doing um, was really, really delightful for me. And I really appreciated it since I did not have that experience watching it when it originally aired because of, again, just the severely messed up way that these episodes aired live um, back in the day. So no, this was really good. I'm very excited to start season two and well, I appreciate you both waiting for me to discuss the finale. I was also like, but we can just get into season two now. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what, and listeners, we will be doing that on Wednesday. We're going to be diving right into season two um, with our very next episode. Allison, how was season one for you? Great. I want every one of Mabel's sweaters. Um, I'm really loving the that relationship, the twin relationship between Mabel and Dipper. I obviously would die for Waddles. You were correct. Um, oh, when really Waddles is made up as Gideon, it just makes me so sad. Extremely. It's, yeah, it's, that's rough. That's really rough. Um, I uh, love the, the little mysteries and the big mysteries, and I love the genre stuff they're playing with, and I'm very excited to see the season that you two are both so excited about, because it feels a little bit like... Um, I don't know. I, get, I mean, we've done this a couple times. Where like Avatar the, season one, yeah, or the beginning of Lucifer. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'm I'm ready for the the fully baked quiche. I don't know why I went with quiche, but I'm going to stick with it because they're delicious. Mm, At Marcus, I'm going to throw it to you now. Uh, you know, you're saying here. I think what getting into Waddles was the most upsetting part of the finale, and absolutely, like that little like frightened sound as waddles runs away like that doesn't come from nowhere and so it is absolutely very upsetting so yeah uh what what did you think revisiting because you you've seen gravity falls before yeah i watched this a few years ago uh on netflix so i just yeah it was on netflix once upon a time um and i just blazed through it like probably within a week or so Mm -hmm. the two seasons and it's fun to go back to it and watch it and see all the seeds that are being laid early on. Um, there's definitely like some parts I remembered a lot clearer, like Bill Cipher is one of them, and uh, the whole episode uh, of the Time Traveler's Pig, which I think is probably like one of my favorite episodes of the whole series. So, yeah, a lot of the times there's like, I forgot how long it took to get to some of this stuff. So I was like, oh, yeah, there's, it's not there yet. There's more episodes mm-hmm. until what I'd call the meat of the series. But 
yeah, it was fun. I do like the a lot of the standalone episodes that just kind of give you a feel of the show and just kind of what they're doing. I think they hit it right early, like with the gnome reveal in the pilot episode. I think that tells you a lot about what the series is. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Well, do you have a favorite character, favorite episode? Well, I guess you already said Time Traveler's Pig is your favorite episode. Yeah. And favorite character has to be Mabel with uh, honorable mention to Waddles because <laughs> they go together. They're soulmates. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Hard, hard agree. Hard agree there. Well, thank you for joining us this season as we've been talking about and uh, and and revisiting for us and visiting for the first time for Allison this season. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I'm excited for season two starting on Wednesday. Uh, so Allison, uh, the first uh, two episodes of season two are titled Scaryoki and Into the Bunker. So thoughts. Okay, so karaoke. Um, there'll be karaoke, and you have to sing at the karaoke. But also, there'll be like a like a Gravity Falls cover style cover of parody, I should say, of the Monster Mash. So like Werewolf Bar Mitzvah, but the Gravity Falls version. Um, and or or alternate. Um, there's like a karaoke microphone that possesses you so that you, that you always make choices like paradise by the dashboard light where the song is like 18 minutes long and then you (laughs) ruin every karaoke night you ever go to because you made a deal. It's like, it's like the red shoes, but you have to do hotel California. Yeah. Hotel California. Exactly. You have to do love shack with, um, all of the, the drunk college students in the room. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. And then into the bunker, I'm guessing they go into the bunker. Oh, which bunker? Um, the the one, the one with Desmond the vending machine. Yeah, oh my God, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, the mamas and the papas. No, um, they go into the vending machine, and I'm gonna guess that it's because. Mm, let's say Mabel tries to get something out of the vending machine for Waddles, or it could just be Seuss for Seuss. Um, and as a result, it opens somehow, and they find the bunker that's my that's my prediction okay there's some uh voice casting in these next two that i'm very excited about i hope if it's not christine baranski i'm gonna burn it all down it's not it's it's not not christine Christine baranski okay lower those expectations is it audra mcdonald no it's they don't have this that kind of money larry i'm on ducktales it's it's there are no broadway connections okay well i was hoping it's karaoke i was hoping for a singer oh okay so yeah no no kristen chanowith that's that is a fair guess but no um no singer um, no singer you we'll talk about it wednesday great can't wait we'll see what you think uh well, thank you marcus again for joining us thank you everyone for listening and allison and noel for the the season's journey and we will be back on wednesday to talk about season two so uh thanks everybody for listening bye 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 gold <laughs> <laughs>